What's the best advice you can get on how to take down a national tournament? Where does the value lie in the Chicago Bears backfield? And how high is too high for Alan Lazard? Plus, FFPC live event group host Greg Sidoris stops by to answer all your questions about getting the best rate, booking your last-minute rooms at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas for the FFPC live events, as well as more information on the Sunday viewing party for week one and 2021 uh, KFFSC main event champion Steve Hawley and Justin Cox are going to drop by to share some of their uh, thoughts on how to get set for the one of the last few drafting weekends we have this summer and how they pulled off a big victory in the KFFSC and how Steve's done it not once but twice in the main event in Kentucky and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Ferelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to tell you how we're handling the Cleveland Browns after the Deshaun Watson decision. A few players that early drafters will want to know about on the preseason waiver wire coming up. And Greg Sidoris, the FFPC live event casino host, will give us the skinny on booking rooms, enjoying his viewing party on Sunday in Las Vegas, and much more. And of course, the 2021 KFFSC main event champs, Steve Hawley and Justin Cox, are going to drop by to talk a little knowledge on Michael Gallup, Irv Smith, Wandale Robinson, and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. Of course, Farrell at KFFSC. Um, Steve is at Stephen.Hawley. Uh, Stephen underscore Hawley one. And then uh, Justin Cox is at Justin Allen Cox on Twitter. Um, and then uh, make sure you're checking on our Facebook page, uh, .com slash HSFFR there, football at gmail.com. You want to send any emails to us. And of course, remember to like, subscribe, get notified, and share uh, the FFPC stream so we can uh, increase our uh, subscribers. And with increased subscribers means we can increase the content for you as well. Um, I want to thank uh, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, and of course, our audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce, for getting all the emails, tweets, and everything to us uh, list, uh, tonight um, as we go on through the uh, program. Uh, before we get into the content, Greg Sidoris is uh, enjoying some hors d'oeuvres in the green room right now. We're going to get to him momentarily. But I do want to remind you that a million-dollar grand prize is uh, the chase is on for that right now at the FFPC main event. Both slow and live drafts going on. Make sure you're cashing in on your attempts to win the first ever season-long fantasy football redraft uh, grand prize. That is going to be a lot of fun uh, to follow throughout the season, as is the Football Guys Players Championship, a half-million-dollar grand prize in that, $500,000 at stake. We had numerous, I mean, at least a dozen drafts filling every single day now going forward. Probably going to be much more on the weekends. Um, I think we filled like three dozen last weekend. It's going to be much more than that this weekend and then the weekend after that. And then, of course, the draft-a-thon. So you, won't, you will not have to wait long if you want to join one of those drafts. Uh, Dynasty startups available. We will be killing the um, clocks, uh, the the slow drafts in those uh, dynasties. I think Wednesday is the last day you can do that. We'll have some live ones, you know, a 60 second timers and so on and so forth after that. But make sure if you all want to get in either a slow dynasty draft or the slow draft uh, best balls, slims, Cinco slims, whatever, uh, make sure you're getting in on those uh, now before we kill the clocks on those that is going to be starting, like I said, midweek this week. Of course, check out the KFFSC main event, kffsc.com. Plenty of action going on over there. Big day for Farrell as he's going to talk about uh, Cincinnati. The live event's going off there tomorrow. Louisville will be next weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to be in Vegas in a couple of weeks as well for the FFPC live event, which is going to be awesome. Now, if you want more information on the live event, who better to talk to than to bring in our FFPC live event host, uh, he has been a licensed casino host for more than two decades. 
and of course the owner of Casino Connection USA. Please welcome back onto the program, Greg Sidoris. Greg, welcome in. Thanks for doing the show, man. Appreciate hey, how's you. it going? Hi, Eric. It is great to see you. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, listen, we got to have you on, man, because I know a lot of the FFPC players have questions. I know I'm getting inundated with emails. Um, Dave, Alex, Chris, Mike, Aiden, everybody is getting a ton of emails right now about the live event. So let's just talk about the fantastic discount code that you have once again provided us for the group rates at the FFPC uh, live event in at Planet Hollywood. You're paying a, a exorbitant rates if you don't use this discount code. Now, you can still take advantage of this code, and you can still take advantage. I think the link is on our FFPC main event page if you want to book your room through there. When does that expire? How long um, can we, we not encourage anybody to wait? You want to do it soon. But when does that code, when do those rates expire for FFPC players? So there is no more waiting. Uh, the uh, discount code is going to expire tomorrow. So the, uh, uh, you know, we've all known about the event for a long time. So we do have some procrastinators that are out, that are out there that have called me and they've been waiting and I'm not sure what they're waiting for, but the rates <laughs> outside the room block on Friday, Saturday are pretty staggering. They're in the two and $300 range, oh. uh, which the FFPC room block, which we do have. And once again, you get it at, uh, at the FFPC, myffpc.com, uh, you go onto that link. The, the rates for Wednesday, Thursday are 79. Uh, Friday, Saturday are 179 compared to that 279 or 379 without that. So we've had that the same pricing now for five years. It's within our contract. Keep in mind that next year, the rates will be the same, which is phenomenal because That's awesome. yeah. Las Vegas is completely different uh, once September starts compared to years ago. Now, even though the Las Vegas Raiders are on the road in week number one, Vegas is going to be uh, sold out. Planet Hollywood is is sold out, which is one of the reasons why our room block, uh, there's been times when they've extended our room block uh, a week later uh, to accommodate for the guys that are on the fence, the gals that are on the fence. Uh, but that is, that's going to be really shortcoming. So that's tomorrow. You guys have to get in touch with me at Greg at casino connection, uh, You can call me at 216-299-5390. Uh, don't call me tonight. I'm on the East coast. So it's already 10, 10. If you don't mind, wait till tomorrow. I'll be waiting for your calls and we'll get you guys in one way or the other. So there's always one more than one way to skin a cat, but I'm trying to save you guys some money. Alex, Dave, Eric, all of us uh, can't wait to see you, but we would love to see you out there with the most affordable rates. Is that the best way to do it, Greg, is, is contacting you via email or phone? to book I think at this point it would be, you can still go to the link. And um, I think that, you better off calling me because then I can get your information and I can make sure that you're going to get a room in Planet Hollywood. If it's not through the link, then I have, I'm a national casino marketing host for Caesars Entertainment. We still have another avenue uh, to place you. Uh, but once again, we're going to try to get you in the room block, which is what we're always hoping for. You know, it's kind of surprising. I was talking to Danette today and, you know, we have about 200 people that have signed up for our rooms right now in uh, Planet Hollywood, which it's a good thing and a bad thing because we have seven or 800 people that are coming out to the drafts. So we're trying to figure out where these other 600, 700 people are staying. We've we've got a phenomenal rate for you guys. So I hope that we can, you know, let's let's keep this together. So when we have to redo our contract again in a couple of years, that Caesars Entertainment sees that we are doing uh, a fantastic job of trying to get everybody under one roof. And that way we're able to get this rate of $79 weekends, 179 in the weekend, uh, 79 in the weekdays, 179 in the weekend. And keep in mind, the resort fee is only $25 yeah. for the FFPC guys uh, or gals compared to the $46 daily. So, you know, you're saving 20, $21 uh, just on resort fees daily. So it's, makes a big difference. And it's a massive savings. Obviously we want, don't, don't, 
don't spend it on the room when you don't have to. You can spend it on more drafts or you can spend it on the tables or in the sports book, whatever you want to do. A lot more fun ways to spend your money than paying an extra rate for paying a higher rate for hotel rooms that you simply don't have to. Thanks to Greg Sidoris. Uh, people ask me all the time. Um, once the drafts are over on Saturday, what do you guys do for a Sunday viewing party? Historically, we haven't had a ton, but the last few years we've been picking up steam thanks to you and your viewing party on Sunday. It's been a blast the last few years, and it's at a new location this year. Tell the uh, viewers where that's going to be and the best way to uh, make sure that they get a spot at it. Okay, so uh, we're very happy to be in Beer Park. Uh, Beer Park is located, uh, great name, Um uh, Beer Park is located at uh, the Paris Hotel and Casino, which is right next door to Planet Hollywood. So you can walk, uh, you can walk there, you can crawl home, whatever works. <laughs> I wanted to make sure you were close, but we wanted to keep you on property as well as Beer Park is in the Paris, which is one of our Caesars Entertainment properties. So that was, I always try to keep it close to uh, to us. Now, uh, there's 80 tickets that we have for our viewing party and i have 61 tickets 62 tickets sold already so we're within 20 seats that remain uh the the price for the tickets for this event is uh, 225 uh and that it uh part of that 225 is for your seat from nine o'clock in the morning until uh four o'clock which is both games and also you're going to get 175 dollar food and beverage credit which you can use order off the menu, uh, whatever it comes out to, uh, you're going to have $175 credit per person. The one thing that's not included in the price of the ticket is a 22% gratuity that the restaurant uh, tax on to your bill when you're checking out, plus the tax. So we, we couldn't absorb that as a group of 22% taxes for the 80 people. So we we had to, uh, it's it's your tip. You guys are going to come and enjoy yourself. So uh, that 22% is part is, is your gratuity, uh, so as you well know. But Beer Park is a fantastic location where there's 87 HDTVs in there. And uh, we're our party is indoors. So in Vegas on September 11th, I mean, it still, still could be just just uh, shy of 100 degrees. Blistering, absolutely Yeah, it could yeah. still be hot as heck out there. But we're indoors. <laughs> So Beer Park has an indoor section and an outdoor section. I've reserved pre premium seating and some comfortable bar seating uh, indoors. So and, we still have to, we, you know, I've got, I've got 19 tickets available. It's, it's all FFPC guys. Uh, so there's no outside, I don't, I hate to say outsiders, but there's not have one person people. that's out the outside, Eric, outside the FFPC that's coming to this party. So it's going to be a, a very quaint and comfortable group. I made it to Beer Park for the very first time last year, and it was the day I'm trying to think about this. If it was, I think it was, I think it was Monday. It was Monday for lunch, and I went there. And the Baltimore Ravens were their the team was having a party for front office people. There were some season ticket holders, bigwigs. We're right at Beer Park. We're sitting right next to them. So you know it's a really awesome spot. And I had a blast there. I look forward to having another blast this year. Um, room rates viewing party. Is there anything else that you want to, uh, to pump up yourself for that you can do for the FFPC players out in Vegas? I, I think, you know, the other services, we want to make sure that you guys uh, keep in mind, we have our Thursday party with the FFPC, right. FFPC that you guys sponsor. Uh, the doors open typically at 415 uh, for that game between the Rams and the Bills. That's a great party that Alex and Dave and you, uh, Eric, you guys throw that. So we'd like to see you guys come out for that. That's always fun. Uh, big room around the third floor uh, or the mezzanine level at planet Hollywood. Uh, great viewing. We've always had a real nice time there. And I have my halftime prize giveaway that uh, free giveaway. I'm giving away different, different things to our uh, valued customers. It's always such a nice, nice event. I can't wait to see everybody. I, I just can't believe that it's already here again. And if you want to uh, join us out for the live events at the FFPC, you haven't booked your room, maybe you want to get into the viewing party because you already booked your room with Greg, make sure you're giving Greg a call. 216-299-5390. Is that it? That is it. 216-299-5390. Uh, my email address is Greg, G-R-E-G, -E at CasinoConnectionUSA.com. Um, shoot me an email. I'll get back with you. Shoot me a text message. I'll follow up with you. I'll be uh, I'll be looking for your calls tomorrow. So I've dedicated my day to the procrastinators of the world 
and I look forward to talking to you guys uh, and make sure we get you guys in. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. Uh, we will let you get some shut-eye because I know people will be contacting you tomorrow. <laughs> we'll make sure, no guarantees, that the phone might not ring tonight. It might, uh, but uh, make sure you're getting in touch with Greg. at I posted the, the email and the phone oh, nice. number here. So make sure that you're getting in touch with Greg. Greg, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And we will talk with you again in what, three weeks, something like that? It's gonna be fun. Uh, you know, there's a couple nights of the there's a couple nights during that uh during that that uh, whole entire uh week that I really look forward to. And uh, uh it's just always great to hang out with you guys and everybody has such a nice time. So I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate you hopping on. We'll see you in a little bit. Eric, thanks a lot, and we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. You got it. Greg Sidoris, ladies and gentlemen, the FFPC uh, live event host out in uh, Las Vegas. You can see his email if you need to book your room, if you need to get into the viewing party, greg at casinoconnectionusa.com. And, of course, you can reach him at 216-299-5390. Make sure you hit him up, and uh, we want to see you at Beer Park. We want to see you at the the viewing party. We want to have you hanging out at Planet Hollywood with us. It is going to be the place to be right now the place to be is hanging out here on the high stakes fantasy football hour welcome in my co-host right now it is the incomparable feral elliot feral welcome in man big day for you tomorrow in cincinnati right buddy you know what it is a big day for us tomorrow but an even bigger day is sunday because that's the day of the event in cincinnati one oh sunday i'm day. an idiot now one now, big sunday no sir you are not an idiot no, you on. have was never it considered was it, was coming it to cincinnati do not talk about our congenial host and co-host uh, uh, as an idiot. He is a wonderful guy. He has an unusual beard, yeah. which yeah. I have the over-under on as 20 more days. I, I'm going I, under. I, um, I, I think under is a safe bet right now. Under. If you're saying 20 days, I would say under is a pretty safe bet on that. Good. So now Cincinnati historically has, I, I feel like it's been on a Saturday before, but the, maybe the last couple of years it's been a Sunday, right? No, sir. It has never been on a Saturday. Always you been on must a release it and must let it go. It is okay. a Sunday activity. It's <laughs> one day only, one big day, and that is wonderful. All right. And it, it is wonderful. good news from Sidoris as well. That's yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, for sure. I'm very excited um, to not only be in Las Vegas. One of these years, I'll make it out to Cincinnati for sure, yes, sir. Uh, because I feel like I'm missing out there big time. You are. Um, let's People welcome in. You. Let's welcome in, speaking of, we got one member of Kentucky Royalty on. Let's bring in two more members of Kentucky Royalty. Bring in our next two guests right now. They're not only Kentucky natives, but 2021 KFFSC main event champions. Now, Steve Hawley, this is his second go-around because back in 2007, he won the KFFSC main event with his father. Fast forward 14 years later, he wins it with Justin Cox. You follow Steve on Twitter at Stephen underscore Hawley1. You follow Justin on Twitter at Justin Allen Cox. Please welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, the 2021 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event winners. It is Steve Hawley and yeah. Justin Cox. Welcome in, guys. Thanks for popping shirt wear and everything. What a great dude. <laughs> was playing. Not even playing. Don't let him lie to you. It wasn't even playing. <laughs> well, guys, and, and I should mention, Steve, you you have already won a six figure grand prize with RT, so congratulations on that Thank as you. well. Yeah. Just taking down national competitions left and right. I feel like we're all behind the eight ball if we see you at the table, right? I mean, it, we definitely need to get the trifecta with the uh, FFPC this year. Like that, 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 that's what that's what we need to do. That'd be the trifecta for me. Nobody is betting against you guys. I'll tell you that right now. Um, let's uh, Steve. I'll, I'll pitch this question first to you and then Justin I, I want you to answer as well when you guys are not winning the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event what are you doing for a living Steve go ahead and then Justin follow up please well what I like to tell people is I've for a lot of years was on the poker felt with playing cards I've turned that into now trading sports cards pr ah. primarily being a uh, sports card breaker the last uh, couple of years and uh great decision Great decision. Profitable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the boom has really helped out for sure. Yeah. Justin, what about you? Well, Steve and I met playing cards. So uh <laughs> me, I, I stuck with it. I uh, I still the same thing, uh dealing poker, playing poker. That's pretty much been all I've done for the last 15 years. So <laughs> Justin, there's and, probably there's probably a crossover. I mean, we we've seen a, we've had a lot of poker players come out. I mean, we absolutely. had Duke Viveros on, which by the way, happy birthday, Duke Viveros, who was just on this program about a month and a half ago. I mean, he, he, um, I was trying to get him on the program for months and he was out at the world series of poker in Las Vegas. We had to postpone his appearance till he got back from that, but there's a lot of crossover probably, probably helps you out analytically and strategically when you're making decisions in fantasy football, it's comparable to what you're doing at the poker table. 
Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can kind of cross, just a lot of thought processes that might overlap. Yeah. Harold, go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off before. No, you didn't, Bonky. But what you just witnessed there was a very typical response that you get from the Holly Cox combination. It was a response that was courteous, yet held close to the vest. These gentlemen keep their card close to the vest. And when one of them answers and the other stays mute, that means they wish you had never asked the question. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what's happening there. But, okay. Steve, every year I hear someone say, and it happened about three weeks ago on this very show, that when your first round draft pick gets injured, your season is over. So not only, Balky, do we take go, go down memory lane to when Steve won a national prize, but he lost his first round draft pick. And I do believe it was the first pick of the draft. Injured and lost for the season, you went on to beat I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of players, but nevertheless, it was a six-figure, substantive six-figure win. Can you just tell, you know, most of us will never have that experience, and most guys will not even have the luxury of knowing guys like you two that that have experienced and can at least live vicariously through you. Tell us a little bit about what that night was was about and how how it felt and what it meant to you. Well, going into it, it was the uh, the double the double header on Monday Night Football that they did back you know the five years ago. It was uh, Pittsburgh at Houston, and it was the Eagles at the Raiders. Now, going into that Monday Night double header, I was in pretty good shape with having four players still yet to play, um, and one of them being a quarterback. Um, at the time, I was in fourth and ninth place in the contest with two teams. And uh, the team that was in fourth, that was the team that had that had Big Ben as my quarterback. So, like, knowing that quarterbacks generally can get you those 20 points, and I was only nine points behind, um, honestly, I felt like it was honestly mine to lose. The only person at that time I had to really worry about is, did anybody have Le'Veon Bell? That's what I had to go searching for because, you know, Le'Veon, he was a monster that year. Um, he was pretty much the consensus. Anything could happen with Bell. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, knowing the PPR production – it could easily happen. Well, luckily I was very fortunate that the closest person to me at the time, I think was like 27 points behind with only Le'Veon. So there's really like, you're not going to make that up. I had big Ben, I had Hopkins, I had Michael Crabtree of the Raiders. Yeah. Michael Crabtree of the Raiders and I had Pittsburgh Mm. defense. So Um, what you're saying is this was the longest 60 minutes of your life. You never get this game over. Essentially. So, and like, it, it was really looking at the end of the first half, if, if y'all remember that game, like the halftime score was like 23 nothing. I was like, oh, God, they're, they're going to pull Big Ben. Like there's nothing to play for. They might pull Hopkins. Like I was kind of sweating. At that time, I was up like 12 points. But I still had the second game to worry about. There was some Alshon Jeffries. There was some Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz had a big year that year. I had to worry about him. And I was like, oh, God, I started just getting – kind of sick to my stomach. I was like, this would be pretty gross if this doesn't come through. <laughs> Luckily, first drive of the second half, DeAndre Hopkins made that miraculous touchdown catch. If y'all remember the play, it was a great play all year. And from that point on, I was like, okay, hey, I could rest a little easy. My second team, like that same year, that that contest, I had the second place finish. I had Juju on that team with Big Ben. Very next possession, Juju scores a yeah, touchdown. Forget that. Yeah, Look. next thing you know, I was I was I was setting good with the final with going into the Raiders and the Eagles game, just really sweating Alshon Jeffrey with me having Crabtree and they both put up zeros. Yeah, yep, I they remember both that. Put up, they both put the up zeros. The weather was horrible. The weather was I, horrible. 40, 40 mile hour winds. Yep. I had no sweat and I was like, wow, like no sweat at all. Just coasted through that game. That, that, that game. Tired of talking about it. Yeah, I'm too. Um, I remember that game because. The the KFFSC main event champ that year was Menasha, Wisconsin's own Kurt Awe. And okay. he had he was sweating out Chad Schroeder, who I believe had Alshon Jeffrey yes. in that second game. And I'm like, well, there's no way he puts up a zero or what, you know. Yeah, sure was. Up by a few points. And then the weather was terrible, like as you just said, Justin. And and I was like, okay, there's a real shot here. And I'll tell you what, now I was pulling hard for Kurt. I don't know about you guys, and, and Steve, you can probably speak to this as well, especially in, in your circumstance. That was not enjoyable. That experience in the second half, watching that game, no. I didn't enjoy that one bit. It's like there was, oh, it's the sweat. It's all about the sweat. No, it sucked. Like yeah. and it, it was great at the end, you know, when it, when it, but at that point, I was like, just get it over with. 
Anyway, uh, moving on. Congratulations on that uh, for you. you. Uh, Justin, you obviously, um, you're no stranger to uh, winning national competitions. You just won the KFFSC. You're going to be gunning for a million bucks in the FFPC main event this year. So I know normally you guys play a lot of KFFSC, a lot of RT. Now you shift over to the strategy portion in the FFPC, tight end premium, double flex, and you're also trying to beat out thousands of other teams instead of playing in not that you play in this, but like when you're normally playing in just the normal fantasy football league, like a lot of the viewers are, you're just trying to beat 11 people. Now you're trying to beat thousands. How does the strategy change when you have to beat that many people as opposed to just a handful? Um, I think the big thing is, is we're more willing to reach for guys that we want guys that, you know, we're typically used to taking maybe on RTs or uh, somewhere else. You know, we might be typically used to taking them in the eighth round. You know, there might be somebody like, especially like wide receivers. You know, wide receivers will fly off the board in FFPC uh, tight ends, obviously as well with tight end premium. But like guys that we're used to taking other places, you know, we're more willing to jump up and get if we need to. Um, it basically, like you know, like so, and swinging for the fences instead of going after guys that are you know going to be typically consistent, like. A guy like uh, like like Brandon Cooks or something like that. Like I mean, he's going to be consistent every week. Surely, he's probably going to get you fifteen to eighteen points. But like in this kind of setup, I might be one more willing to take a shot on somebody. Uh, you know, a Monroe St. Brown or something. Somebody that might typically ADP be down. You know, five, six, seven places. But somebody that could hit a, a different level than a guy like Brandon Cooks could or something. Just those guys, for instance. But those kind of things. Uh, I really, I don't know. I mean, that's about all well, I, let me let me ask you this, Steve. Uh, knowing what you did with with RT and cashing that six figure prize, losing your first overall pick, you came back, won the whole thing. Has that made you more? I, I don't think reckless is the right word, but maybe aggressive with home run swings in the first few rounds, as opposed to waiting to the mid rounds to take your home run swings. Yeah, for sure. Um, you definitely want to use the early rounds just kind of as your consistent basis. And then we've seen even in the past couple of years, even it's the it's the guys in the middling fifth through eighth rounds. So, you know, those guys that pop that are really that that's going to get you there. Obviously, last year was a good example with guys like Debo and Cooper Cup and, you know, uh, Jamar, Chase. Jamar Chase even. Jamar yeah, Chase, Jamar yeah. Chase. So you, you do like it, it's not so bad in those early rounds, just getting those consistent performers. Mm-hmm. Um Another thing too is, is you know, if you're if you're competing with a lot of volume, like a lot of teams in these contests, just really kind of mixing up your rosters. You don't want to just go all in completely on one guy or a couple guys because you know, sure, it's a lot of boom or bust. But on the flip side, if you're mixing it up, mixing up rosters, you know, it just it just creates a better better chance for you to win overall. That's very good advice because I drew a five spot and a six spot in the FFPC. And I've been struggling with that because I got to really be conscious uh, when we go there live to Planet Hollywood to make those to make that team look different. And one way I could make it look different is to get involved with the Chicago Bears backfield, which I really haven't done since I drafted Montgomery back February, March. Uh, It's Montgomery. It's Khalil Herbert. If you guys talk about guys in the five through eight or the proverbial dead zone for running backs, that's where those guys are. However, if you've been paying attention amongst young players, you'll notice a Tristan Ebner, a Baylor University product, a rookie six-round draft pick, who reminds Bears fans a little bit of Cohen, uh, however he's bigger, and just as fast, ran a 4-4-3 at the combine. Is there a Bears running back you guys would uh, target as one of those one of those later picks that just might pop? For me, uh, just looking at kind of the early ADPs that the FFPC mains have had, um, to be honest, where David Montgomery's kind of going in that late fifth, early, sometimes even sneaking in the early sixth, mm-hmm. I don't mind taking there, especially if, you know, depending on what Justin and I are going to do with our two our two teams in the FFPC. I don't think he, especially if you go wide receiver and tight end heavy, I don't think Montgomery's really a bad RB1 option. There might not be a whole lot of upside, but where he is going currently, I think he can kind of be a solid anchor at RB1. And on, and as well with Khalil Herbert going that 11th, 12th round, we saw last year when Montgomery missed a couple of games and Herbert took the full load on. He was he was a very good player. He's a very good player. 
So I also think he can be kind of like a cheap handcuff. You maybe have some standalone value. There's some talk that he might be involved more, even with Montgomery healthy. So with where they're going, I honestly don't mind either as an option, especially depending on how you go about your roster in the first five rounds. Yeah, and that makes sense. I, I mean, for sure. I'm, and I'm putting up the ADP right now. Shout out to Darren Armani, Fantasy Mojo, FantasyMojo.com, at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter. But you can see right now that Montgomery is indeed going in that mid-fifth round uh, spot. Uh, Khalil Herbert's at the 1109 right now, as he pointed out. So certainly the, if the build is right, the bear could be right as well with uh, Montgomery and Herbert. Um, and I want to move on and talk about another NFC North team, my beloved Green Bay Packers, Alan Lazard. Never had more than 40 catches in a season, Steve. Can you make a case for drafting him in the late sixth round of the Football Guys Players Championship of the FFPC main event that you and, and Justin will be in ahead of guys like Amari Cooper, um, Hunter Renfro, two guys he's going in front of right now? I, the way I look at it is you still have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, and you just kind of look at the, the history of the team since Rodgers has been quarterback. There's always been a guy, whether it be – all the way back to Donald Driver, to Greg Jennings, to Jordy Nelson. Like, there's just always a guy, and a guy that's not very highly drafted or really heralded at all, but Aaron Rodgers just seems to make them a player. So, Alan Lazard just kind of seems like that next guy up. Now, obviously, a lot of preseason, a lot of Romeo Dubs talk right now. You know, we haven't seen Christian Watson on the practice field, so you don't really know with him. But somebody has to step up, and I'll, I'll, I'm just not going to – feed into the Sammy Watkins. I'm just, I, I, no. that ship has sailed. That ship has sailed for me. You know, Randall Cobb, you know, the, the, they have like a personal repertoire with each other. Maybe there's some resurgence there, but in the sixth round, I mean, the, I think this is definitely worth the spot, especially over a guy like Cooper with Watson now with the 11 games and then Renfro getting Devonte Adams, getting a likely healthy Darren Waller. Yeah, I, I, for me, I am taking Lazard over those two guys. I am taking that shot. That's the type of guy that you take a shot on that could potentially pop to win you an FFPC main. Well, Justin and Steve, I got a question for both of you, but I want to point out something to Balky real quick. You remember when we were talking about the Chicago backfield, Balky? Yeah, absolutely. When Steve finished talking, I, he didn't say one thing about the rookie running back that ran the 4-4-3 at the combine and looked real good. And when Steve finished talking, Justin covered his mouth. Now, that just just that's what I'm saying is going on here. So, that, okay. Now, this, <laughs> this is why this, this podcast is, is video now. So, you can this see is this. is for both you guys. between the lines. Whoever wants to jump in with this uh, – Michael Gallup apparently is not going to be ready for game one. I am intrigued by the wide receiver possibilities, such as uh, Tolbert uh, down in uh, Dallas. However, Gallup has impressed me enough in his career that I'd like to have him on my roster whenever he does come back. And where his ADP is, uh, you're not really forced to play him until, uh, uh, until bye weeks come around. Am I wrong to add Gallup? Am I wrong to add Tolbert? Do you guys share with me the fact that when you look at C.D. Lamb last year, there's a lot of guys that catch passes in Dallas. C.D. Lamb caught great earlier in the year, not so great at the end of the year. I expect he'll be fine, but I don't think he's the only receiving target in Dallas. What do you think about these other guys? Yeah, I think I think Dak loves to spread the ball around for sure. I think like there's been a lot of hype around Tolbert and everything this offseason. And, every, and uh, as far as, I mean, with Gallup, I think with you going like the twelfth round in ADP right now, I think, and mm-hmm. and I mean at that point you're you're just taking a shot on guys that that really might be nothing in the in the you know duration of the season. So a guy like Gallup who's been there with whether you know has a you know has has been played with Dak and can, you know for the last couple of years, I think he definitely worth grabbing and uh, holding on to. Okay. You take, I'll do it. You just got to take a shot that he comes back and is the two there. I mean, Tolbert, who knows? So, and the other thing to keep in mind, too, like, I, I mean, certainly you want to get to the playoffs and you want to get to the championship round, but those games are much more important than the first few games of the season. And when you're talking about, I'll say it again, I feel like I say it about every week on this show. Good old Baker, the wisdom of Baker boy, Joe Del Zanero, no such thing as a bad pick after the 10th round. Gallup is going in the 12th round, thus, he can't be a bad pick. Um, I don't know if that's scientifically proven, but it's the way I'm, I've been drafting in the second half of drafts over the last several years. Um, we're talking with the 2021 KFFSC main event champs, Steve Hawley and Justin Cox. Justin, let's talk Bills running backs here. Um, I think at the start of the season, 
Um, everybody was pretty hyped about singing. Well, hyped is the wrong word, but everybody was on Singletary. Then they they um, drafted um, uh, James Cook after J.D. McKissick did an about face and went back to Washington after he was supposed to go to Buffalo. Then a lot of people were excited about Cook. Everybody forgetting about Zach Moss. And now Zach Moss has been making plays in training camp. So now it's becoming, I think Joe Biscaglia, who covers the Bills for the Athletic, said it, it's a muddled mess, like a three-headed muddled mess this year. It, given that, I mean, is, is this a situation you just stay away from entirely or do you want a piece of that backfield? I definitely don't mind staying away from that backfield entirely. Like, like if that's your, your choice, I, I can get behind it. But uh, I don't mind taking a shot on, on Singletary or Cook in their ADPs, which I think they both go pretty similarly, you know, late eighth round or something in FAPCs lately. Uh, I think – in general, if I'm drafting a team and I need a running back right now, like I need somebody that's going to start, you know, week one, week two, I have no problem, you know, taking a shot at Singletary out there. I mean, he looked, I mean, like last, what, five or six games of the year last year, he was, I mean, he was a monster. The dude was doing everything. So, I mean, I got no problem, you know, drafting him to, to fire him up out there in the first couple of weeks. Now, if, you know, if I feel a little more secure at running back, uh, I don't mind to uh, to take a shot on James Cook over Singletary either, just to, you know, the, the chance that he could pop. Zach Moss, at that, what, what Steve say about uh, Sammy Watkins earlier, that ship sailed. I, I don't I don't believe for a second Zach Moss is going to play there. I mean, they had, uh, they had Matt Breed out there over him last year. So I just I just don't see that happening. But I think I think that, uh, yeah, Singletary or Cook, either one could, could, could definitely put up some viable minutes. But, yeah, it's definitely something that, Personally, I would prefer to stay away from both of them if, you know, at all possible. But there are definitely going to be situations where that's not an option. That's just – you just got to take your chance. And you are outsourcing information there, Balky, to get ready for the KFFSC next weekend because I've noticed you ask that question every show. You you really do. Well, I mean, i got to figure it out, Farrell. Every single show. And and I'm I'm contractually, I guess, obligated to ask this question. Uh, at the FFPC, the tight end receptions uh, garner a score of 1.5 points. And I would say that to be competitive, Irv Smith is going to need them. Uh, I Not one of my favorite players at the position. Now he's hurt, but he still goes in front of tight ends that I believe have upside drafted after him. Guys, am I just missing the boat here on Irv Smith? Yeah. For me, I don't think that you're missing it, but I think it's also a situation of like who are the guys that are going around him? Are they going to be in an offense that's going to provide enough volume to where a guy like Irv Smith with the options that are ahead of him at wide receiver that he can really capitalize? But where he currently is going in the 11th, 12th round, I mean, you're probably looking at guys like Hunter Henry, maybe Alberto out of Denver, which he might have a little bit more upside being younger. Um yeah, I, I think Irv for uh, like a tight end, like a, he's a very solid tight end too. That does have that youthful upside, um, and a, and what's supposed to be a, a much more pass happy offense with Minnesota than in years past under Mike Zimmer. Um, ah, so, so, so yeah, I, I I don't think I don't think you're wrong, but like I said, it's just it's dependent on who else is there for me. He's not, he's definitely not a guy like I'm targeting, but in the right situation in that range with who might be there at the tight end position, if I don't already have a second tight end, then I think he's more than viable for sure. Tight end number 13 right now in football guys, players championship ADP. He's going, I would say about two. Um, I would say he's going about a little over a round behind Pat Fryermuth who's the tight end 12, but he is right next to Albert Okuepenam, right there at the 1101, 1102. And then the next tight end isn't drafted usually on average until the end of the 11th round. And that's Mike Gesicki. Then you get into Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett, Noah Fant, the players like that for sure. Um, let's get to a couple of emails here for you guys. Um, I'll pitch this first one to, let's go to, uh, let's go to Steve on this one. Uh, it's Dan in Sugarland, Texas, uh, Sugarland, Texas. What are some mistakes you see players making during the draft and then managing their fab budgets throughout the season? Congrats on taking down the KFFSC. Dan, thanks for the email. I really appreciate it. Steve, do you ever see, pay attention when you're sitting in a draft room and you see what is that guy doing? Um, this makes no sense here. And then you look at the fab reports um, as they get processed throughout the season and you're like, I, I don't understand the rationale for this. What are some of the mistakes that you see drafters making that 
um, you, you just cringe every time you see it. Well, on draft day, especially, and it's funny because Justin, uh, we will talk about about every other draft, but how somebody who is willing to spend the capital on like Josh Allen at quarterback or Justin <laughs> Herbert, you know, you're, you're one or two guys off the board and then it won't be three or four rounds later. They're going after like Dak Prescott or Tom Brady. And it's, you're just, you're really, you're just really handicapping yourself with a potential. There's a lot of, you know, potential guys in that, in that pool in the seventh, eighth round after you've already taken those quarterbacks that you're just missing out on. And then like, yeah, fab reports. I mean, I've, when I, I've seen it all, I've seen people spending $200 on kickers on defenses and it's no, like, it's just, it's just not how you go about doing it. And also, but I will say I am also a victim of, you know, the preseason hype that a lot of guys are going to have and guys that might be available. Prime example for me personally was Marquez Callaway last year. Ah. I spent a lot of preseason fab because there was a lot of preseason fluff with him. And, you know, it didn't pan out. Don't really – just don't overdo it on preseason waiver guys. Like, just like really just kind of wait. Because, you know, if you wait, you can use that money to capitalize on somebody like Hunter Renfro last season, Cordero Patterson last season, Elijah Mitchell. Instead, yeah. there was sometimes, you know, blowing the load on, on a Callaway that I was like, well, I, you know, can't really afford to take that chance if this guy really isn't. You know, it could be like a uh, Kevin Ogletree from Dallas a few years ago who was oh. the one-week wonder that a lot of people blew money on and then just – Nothing. So, yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. I looked around at everybody sitting next to me on the Marquez Callaway bandwagon last year, Steve, and I thought I saw you there. So you were not alone in overbidding on, on Steve Callaway, Steve Callaway, and Marquez Callaway last year. Justin, let's go to you for this one. I write, uh, "Hey, Steve and Justin, is Wandale Robinson a good upside pick later on, or are you down on the Giants' offense this year?" That's Nick in San Diego. Give me the ADP here that I got. The latest ADP I have at Football Guys ADP. Um, on Wandale Robinson, wide receiver 68. He's in the 14th round, right by Isaiah McKenzie, McCole Hardman, Jarvis Landry, KJ Osborne. Is that a spot you'd be willing to take a, a, a chance on Wandale Robinson? or and, and just sort of expand it and talk a little bit about what you think the Giants offense is going to be this year under Brian Dable. Oh, yeah. I, I think, like Steve and I have definitely taken quite a few shots on Wandale Robinson in that range, 14, 15, 16th round. Uh, I, I think, I mean, Honestly, I, I mean, I'm pretty down on on the Giants' offense as a whole. Like, I just don't believe that Daniel Jones has has much, if anything, left. I say left, like he ever had it. I guess I mean, his rookie year he wasn't too bad, but but uh, I mean, I just I I don't believe in Kenny Galladay. Sterling Shepard plays two games a year. I mean, I, they got well, they got Daniel Bellinger tied in now. Like, I mean, like I don't like. I just don't believe in any of their weapons is the problem. Like, so, so I have no shot in taking a chance uh, on Wondell Robinson because it's one of the situations that's like someone's got to catch the ball there. And I like, I, I think, you know, I mean, he, he's a good, he's, <clears throat> excuse me, he's a Kentucky boy. So, you know, we watched him play in college and stuff. And I mean, he's, he's got a, a, a wide array of, you know, skills and so like, he can, he can do a lot of things. And I, I think that they can use him all over the field. I think he's got a, a chance at, at being, you know, pretty productive and, and definitely, you know, paying dividends on like a 14th round draft pick. I don't, I don't necessarily expect all that much because he plays for the Giants, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like taking him there though. And Balky, if you're going to get him, you better, uh, you're not going to get any discount here in Kentucky. On that was my next question. Nick from San Diego is a pretty sharp cat because, Justin, tell them where you're from. Tell them where you live. Yeah, and Steve Hawley. Still remaining from parts unknown. You just got to hear. Lexington, Kentucky, right, Justin? Yeah, Lexington. Lexington. There you go. You know, you're a Wondell Robinson expert. Do we, what was I going to say? Farrell, do you? Do you recall, or maybe you guys recall, did the Giants trade up to get him in the second round of the draft, or was that the pick? Because I, I can't remember. I remember I was surprised he went where he went, and then I can't remember if the Giants actually traded up to get him too, which is even more of a reason. If the team's going to soak yeah. draft capital in him, um, then maybe you should soak a little bit more as well. But like Farrell mm. said, you're not getting a discount on him. Um, not, in, yeah, not around here. In Kentucky. No, no, no sir. I think he uh, went in the 12th round in the draft we did last night. If I there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Farrell, I'm plumb out of emails, so we just have one more question for these champs. One more question. How's our time? Hey, we got a little time. I yep. this is this is perfect for me to ask this question 
of both of you guys. It's, it's the only reason I do the show where I get to ask this question. But I, I, I've got to tell a quick little story because Steve Hawley uh, has a history, and Justin couldn't verify this, but Balky, I want to let you in on it. Uh, Steve will, will occasionally hold a, a grudge, and I found that out when I was in, in Las Vegas. I was a little bit verklempt at what I was going to do in the 14th round. And I'm sitting on the corner and I'm saying, man, sure wish I had somebody to bounce this off of. And I look over my left shoulder and here comes Holly, just on perfect timing. And he's walking across the floor, cool and collected, which is the way he moves and the way he does things. And I get over there and I said, I'm up. I said, he goes, what are you going to do? And I got my clipboard and, and I pointed to the player, expecting one of three outcomes, sort of a shrug a nod of the head or no, why don't you do this and point at another player? That's what I was expecting. And Holly, the, 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 the guy running the draft says, you're up. And, and Holly says, oh, hell no. You, that's the worst damn guy ever. You can't take that player. Are you out of your mind? What are you thinking about? It's like all the other drafters looked at me and said, well, Farrell's drafting OJ Simpson or something. What mm-hmm. the and and you know, do you remember who the player was, Steve? Unfortunately, I do not. But based on your reaction, that's the reaction I would have if you were pointing at Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, no, but, it was, uh, Devon, uh, it was Devontae Parker. And I, I believe Steve had taken Parker. <laughs> I believe Steve had taken Parker the year before and was still holding a, a oh, terrible yeah. grudge. And uh, I don't remember. I think I pivoted and took a kicker. But, okay, so that's ancient history. But so in this year, I want to know from both of you. Justin, you go first because I don't want Steve stealing any thunder. I want to know who you love and who you hate, who you will draft, who you're trying to target, and who you won't draft at all. And, Steve Hawley, we know you're not drafting Parker. We'll need two answers from you. Justin, you go first. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I, you know, like looking at kind of like skimming through some of the ADPs from uh, from FFBC, I was, you know, trying to tailor it to this specifically. Uh, I, I saw, you know, like you got like Darren Waller's going – kind of towards the end of the third round and it, it, at that point like even tight end premium I'm, I'm just I'm pretty well out on him like uh I, I'd much rather take the leap around earlier and take Kyle Pitts or take George Kittle instead of Darren Waller or wait around and take Dalton Schultz like with uh with Devonta Adams coming to town in Oakland or Oakland Las Vegas wherever they are now uh, I just I, I just think that and the emergence of Hunter Renfro too I mean I, I just don't know if there's enough target you know targets to go around for for Waller to ever replicate what he's done in the past. And not to mention the fact that, you know, he's been out, you know, the last like what month or something like that with a, I think it's an ankle injury or knee injury. I can't remember for sure. Coming off, he missed time with an injury last year. Yeah. He missed time with injury last year. I mean, but just with all those factors combined, I just, I, I love Darren Waller, the person I just, I just can't get behind taking him this year. I just kind of, he's just one of those guys I kind of glance over when I'm looking at the, like in, in drafts in general. And I just never had, just never find the time to take him as he always goes, way before I would even consider it. And uh, as who far do as you love? Oh, go ahead. No, who do you love? Go well, ahead. Of course, I love uh, uh, A.J. Dillon. Uh, I'm in love with ah. A.J. Dillon. Like, Steve and I, you know, we fooled around with a lot of different builds on teams this year and everything, you know, like, as far as, you know, wide receiver heavy, you know, like, like I guess, say, like, zero RB or whatever you're going to call it. Uh, but, like, uh, especially, you know, in a league like FFPC where you're, you know, you're those receivers are going to fly. You know, we, we try to load up on those receivers. I love to get a guy like A.J. Dillon, you know, sixth round, fit, you know, late fifth, early sixth round. He's – I just think he's he's got a – he's in a great position in Green Bay this year with, like we talked about earlier, with them not really having any receivers that you're in love with, you know, other than maybe Alan Lassard. They're going to – I think they're going to rely on the running backs a lot between him and Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones doesn't have the greatest bill of health. And if he goes down, A.J. Dillon's a league winner. Like, he's a guy that steps right in, immediate, you know, RB1. And I just I, – I think for his draft price and, and what he can do even with a, uh, even with Aaron Jones, I'm, I'm all in on A.J. Dillon. So. Steve, what about you? <clears throat> for me, um, starting with the, the player that – and I think Justin and I probably agree a little bit on this, but a guy that we're just not taking all, especially with the ADP or where he's currently going in the early FFPC mains – um, is Devontae Smith. Love the player. Love Devontae Smith as the player. I'm just not sure the passing volume will be there with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. And then you also add on top of A.J. Brown coming to town, getting the big payday. Um, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown seem to have a bit of a 
of a connection thing. And now Devontae Smith missing time with the groin. The the seventh round ADP for me, I just I, I just don't see it. Like I just don't see a guy like you know we're trying to find a guy in that range that could be this year's Debo, that could be this year's Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, and it's Devontae for me is I just don't see him being that guy. Not to mention also Dallas Goddard, you know, very very skilled tight end as well. Um, and speaking of tight ends, players that I absolutely a player that I absolutely love that that the name was mentioned when we talked about Irv Smith, I love where Pat Fryerman is going in the tenth round. I think you know. Uh, to catch, you know, he caught 60 balls last year, not for a lot of yardage, but when you're talking about FAPC with that point and a half, where he's going in in the mid-10th round, almost 11th round, I, you're talking about a rookie, you know, the rookie tight ends generally don't produce first year, and he comes out and catches 60 balls on only about 85 targets. You could see Kenny Pickett come in at some point. I know the old saying goes, you know, rookie quarterbacks like to, like to go towards, like to go to the tight end, but... I think at that ADP range, I, I think it's a phenomenal value personally, especially when you look at guys like like TJ Hawkinson, like TJ Hawkinson going about fifth round. He's never really shown us much to garner that type of of, of draft capital. I, I'd much rather just five rounds later take a guy in Pat Fryermith. I just don't see much of a difference between the two of them. So that's a guy looking at ADP, I, I'm I'm all in on Fryermuth in the 10th. Um, guys, uh, we are all in on your fantasy football success. I mean, the, the, the RT sports championship that you had in, in, uh, TFC, um, Steve, five years ago, you're winning the main event with your father back in 2007. And now you and Justin becoming champs of the Kentucky fantasy football state championship main event last year, coming back to Louisville to defend the belt um, this year. Congratulations on all your success. Good luck in all your leagues this year. We will continue to follow you on Twitter at Stephen underscore Hawley one. And of course at Justin Allen Cox, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for carving out a little time on your Friday night, preseason football watching night or drafting night, uh, whatever you'd normally do. And if you weren't on this show, we really appreciate it. And we will see you uh, coming up shortly at the Kentucky yep. main event. Yes, sir. Thank you, Eric. Thank you Thanks, for having man. us very much. Thanks, guys. Use the sense, you guys. Appreciate see, it. See you Sunday, Farrell. You got there it. There you go. So, so not only are they going to be defending the belt in Kentucky, Farrell, but they're going to Cincinnati. A few more bites at the apple to make sure they keep that uh, trophy in uh, their in their tr- trophy case. Yeah, and the fellows have uh, the fellows have been in Cincinnati since year one of Cincinnati. They have they've always been in Cincinnati for the draft. Um, and you'd notice what they said. Who do you who do you not like? They didn't give you fading uh, veterans. Right. They gave you guys. They gave you real guys that that take a you know take some decision to come out and say, well, you know, I'm I'm not high on Waller. You know, they, that's that's a, and and they gave good reasons why. Mm-hmm. And you know, they gave good reasons on Smith. And those are two players that are well respected in the league. You know, so that's how they go about putting their draft board together. And it's it's impressive. Yeah, very impressive. No question. You can tell why these guys are champions for sure. Let's get to some emails here tonight, Farrell, before we sign off. Um, let's go to Mike in Springfield, Illinois. How are you guys adjusting Browns in your rankings now that we know Deshaun Watson is going to be out until week 13? Thanks, fellas. That's Mike in Springfield, Illinois. Lots to unpack here because we know Jacoby Brissett is going to be quarterbacking the Cleveland Browns through week 12. Deshaun Watson um, is not going to come back to a week thir- week thirteen when he faces his old team. I'm, it's hard for me to fade Amari Cooper at at the point he's going in drafts right now. Um, it's pretty late, and it might be as late as it's been all season. Um, when you look at him going at the seven oh two wide receiver thirty five, I mean he's like a low end number three receiver. Um, I can get on board with that with Jacoby Brissett throwing him the ball. Outside of that. Um, not really all that in love with David and Joku. I could be wrong on that. Um, I, I think Nick Chubb is fine, but I've never usually drafted him because he doesn't, ca- doesn't catch passes. And I love my pass catching running backs. Uh, I don't think that Brissett makes him a, a better pass catcher at this point. Kareem Hunt, I'm still fine with. Um, but I guess the, the moral of the story is, yeah, I'm dinging everybody a little bit, but maybe not as significantly as some people out there are. I think you can steal people's Jones. Um, uh, I think in Joku, yeah, that's a too, good one for sure. People, I don't. think in Joku might be too deep in the progressions for Brissett. I think he'll, I think he'll want to get rid of the ball quicker. Uh, that's just a thought. But Jacoby Brissett, at this point in his career, is an average NFL quarterback. 
He's in the middle of the, I'm comfortable with calling him that. I don't see him as, as one of the latter performers in the league. And if he was given the helm of the team, uh, this team for the entire season, I think he could probably approach uh, a 500 record. I, you know, I think he could be successful with a lot of teams. So it's it's not that this is a bad quarterback. Uh, there's still an opportunity or a chance that somebody else joins it. I hope they don't because I would like to see uh, Brissett have an opportunity to to do what he can do with this team. Um, Farrell, let's just do one more email here because we are coming up against it. And this is from Joe in Philadelphia. Dear Farrell and Balky, I drafted early and looking back on those teams, I can see some easy drops for the first waiver wire of the football guy season. That said, who are some guys I should be looking at adding to replace them? I loved mm-hmm. all those pros versus Joe streams. Thanks, Joe and Philly. Appreciate it. Um, you had mentioned a few players today mm-hmm. that you actually watched some profiles on on NFL Network, some guys who are making some noise in the preseason and maybe should be making noise not only late in your drafts if you're drafting right now, but maybe when that waiver wire comes through, guys you should look at because they probably weren't drafted early on. You know, and and I wonder how I miss some of these guys. I'm aware of them, but I don't really know their story. And I was surprised to see the speed uh, element of Danny Gray with the 49ers. Now, is Danny Gray a player that you can go draft this year? He could be a game changer. Uh, for the 49ers. He was the 16th wide receiver taken. And and if Darren has numbers on how often Danny Gray has been drafted, I would say they're scant. Uh, but this is an explosive player. And you, you think while he moves so fast, you say, well, that's a little guy. He's six foot, 200 pounds, and he just might be what the 49ers are, uh, are missing. Uh, you know, Khalil Shakir, we've beaten the drum for him for a while now. Should you draft Khalil Shakir over uh, 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 Jameson Crowder? And I would I would say no, uh, but you should be aware of Shakir. When Crowder becomes injured, uh, Shakir makes a, a fantastic waiver wire pickup uh, because he can be productive. Uh, but, but Crowder is – he realizes the ambitions of what this team is looking for a team that we think is a Super Bowl contender in the in the AFC, that everyone thinks that. So there's, that's a couple guys. I think you need to look at Malik willis Balky, and just understand that you're not going to draft. Hmm? This is interesting to me that Malik Willis, that, that you bring him up, because I think unless you're in a super flex league, it's tough for me to get excited about him. But what No, was- you, I don't think you should get excited about him as a player, although towards the end of the year we might see him uh, get some starts in the game, depending on what's happening with that team. But I think what he brings to this team, there are going to be packages for him around the goal line. That's going to change some things. Uh, you know, Tannehill, when everybody shrugs and takes Tannehill as a late quarterback, they say he might do something with his feet. I don't. I, he could be supplanted in that role. Uh, it might take a little red zone work uh, um, away from the big running back, Henry. Not a, There's plenty to go around there. But it just he's a player that could add a, an extra dimension to the Titans, which which makes uh, me want to look at all the other players in the Titans and what I uh, what I think about them. So as you watch the preseason games this weekend and next weekend, uh, familiarity with the players is what you're looking for. And when you only know a guy by name, um, dig a little deeper. What do you make of um, – I can't remember the kid's name, um, but in the Titans' first preseason game, you didn't see Hassan Haskins come in until – what the third drive or fourth drive mm-hmm. and it was and i believe it was yes julius chestnut how mm-hmm. do i forget a name like julius chestnut i don't know but he started the game last thursday um seven carries 44 yards 12 yard catch if you are of the belief that derrick henry is going to break down it, it is haskins the guy or do we have to start looking at Julius Chestnut late? Uh, again, awareness is the key thing. Now, now drafters are going to love Haskins because Haskins played very, very well in the game. And they might flip-flop those roles in the next preseason game. But Chestnut's a player to be aware of. What you want to avoid, and I, I don't understand the Henry breaking down situation, but what you do want to avoid is d- d- trying to catch up. So you're doing a great service of bringing this player up now when you can watch him and see how he moves because you're not going to see you're not going to see much from him unless there is some sort of catastrophic injury uh to Henry there. Um Farrell, it was uh aw- awesome having you on once again. Um I will see you 
in person uh, on Friday, week from today, yes, uh, at the KFFSC main event. I wish you nothing but a successful uh, KFFSC main event day in Cincinnati on Sunday, uh, not Saturday. Um, and, uh, and I can't wait to do it, man, that this, we are in the thick of it. This is the best time of year. Can't wait to draft, uh, some teams in Louisville. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this season. It's going to be a great one. We will follow you on Twitter at KFFSC. KFFSC.com is the place to go. Online main events is where it's at right now, right? It is. We're down to what I think is 11 different live spots, but we have, the variety of online events they're filling Saturday. Uh, tomorrow we've got some. We're sold out for Sunday night. Just uh, take a look and count down. And when they go red, grab one and get in it. But don't wait. You know, we've got a lot of guys that uh, are hungry to draft. It seems like after Cincinnati, it really, really picks up. And, Balky, I want to thank you for all your contributions to the KFFSC, not only in there's promotion, but you are a uh, very involved player this year. And uh, we're going to love seeing you in the draft room Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Caesars. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be a blast, man. I will see you then. Enjoy your weekend, dude. Thank you. Beryl Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football and my co-host for the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I do want to thank Greg Sidoris, Steve Hawley, Justin Cox, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for tuning in, streaming, downloading, and uh, watching and listening. Uh, I, I know I did it earlier in the program. Happy birthday to former guest of the show, Duke Viveros, who is uh, crushing a lot of football guys drafts this year. Um, and I believe is in the main event as well. So maybe he'll be the million dollar winner this year. Maybe it'll be you. Um, maybe, maybe you should check out not only KFFSC.com, jump in those main events, but also the FFPC main event and the football guys players championship drafts filling up in both of those every single day. Um, main event uh, live drafts in, a, in, in addition to the slow drafts that we have are often running uh, the uh, FFPC best ball tournament, the Superflex best ball tournament two, and of course the Terminator all have live drafts, live elements going on right now. So register for those at myffpc.com. Register for those dynasty startups when you can, um, because they are going to go away. The slow drafts will on uh, the middle part of this upcoming week. Um, so make sure you're registering for those and um, check out all the the uh, closed 12 team leagues. We have the varsity format, Terminator, Best Ball Classic, Superflex, whatever you'd like. We have a league for you at myffpc.com. And maybe make sure you are checking out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com. Uh, we are back next Friday, as I stated, at a special 7, 6 central time. We'll be broadcasting live at the 20th annual KFFSC live events at Caesars, Southern Indiana. That is going to be a blast. Can't wait for that. Um, a cavalcade of guests, none of which are booked yet. I'm still working on that. So we'll book some guests, uh, maybe live uh, live at Caesars and maybe some on, online as well that are going to be drafting um, in Kentucky that weekend. So that is when we'll be returning 7, 6 Central next week. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified uh, of this podcast so we can increase the content. I believe um, nothing's booked yet, but I'm officially, but I believe we will have live main event uh, draft coverage this coming Wednesday. Um, not sure the time yet, but Wednesday evening, I think we'll be back on here, myself and Dave Terpoli, uh, watching a live FFPC main event. So that'll be very cool. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, FFPC uh, email newsletter. I'll have that as well as we have more information on that. With that, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for watching. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. By the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just want to point out one more thing. Um, we have uh, thank you for helping fill the FFPC main event draft uh, starting in about 25 minutes, of which I'm commissioning tonight. If you are looking for some drafting action yet tonight, there are seven open spots in the Football Guys Players Championship Midnight Draft uh, that goes off in 50 minutes. That's five zero minutes. I'm pretty sure it's going to uh, uh, fill. So if you want to get in that before it's full, make sure you're registering. 
myffpc.com. And oh, by the way, I'm commissioning that one as well. Thanks so much, everybody. We really appreciate you watching, and we will see you in Louisville next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.